the USL show, also known as The View for Soccer. I gave a very pro wrestling heel turn, I'm sorry you were offended apology. The US military discussing what a Naruto run is for the Area 51 raid. I feel angry. Welcome to the last preseason edition of the 2020 iteration of the USL show. I never know how to like say what year we're in because technically the show's been going on forever, but it's been under this form of management for what three? Is it three years? I think this might be our last year. Good God! I was a sophomore in college when we uh, took over the show, so it has been three years. That's a lot. Anyway. The season starts this week, so we're going to talk about it. I'm your host, as as, uh, as always, uh, Evan Valella. Oh, should back up a little bit. Um, you wouldn't be listening to this for any of those three years if it wasn't for uh, our friends over the Beautiful Game Network podcast. Find every one of those podcasts, which are many, uh, and our legion, over at bgn.fm. Uh, you can also find this podcast there. Um, a couple other podcasts that we'll talk about in a bit. Um, other sponsors, Rubneck Scarves, if you have a MLS or USL scarf uh, hanging on a wall in your apartment house, what have you, somewhere, chances are it's a Rubneck Scarf. So if you want to have scarves made or, uh, or just go check out what they have to offer and a little bit more about that company, roughneckscarves.com. That is R-U-F-F-N-E-C-K. Um, and then the, the final sponsor, a good friend of mine, a local Philly boy, so we have to, uh, of course, shout him out right off the top, uh, Icarus FC. If you want kits that don't look like plain white t-shirts, IcarusFC.com, IcarusFCPHL on Twitter or Instagram. He's done some wonderful work for, uh, for myself and the guys over at Views from the Bridge, um, as well as just, uh, just a bevy of other kids that that guy's got a, a ton of wonderful, wonderful ideas, but I'll stop talking about them because if you know, you know. Um, what I would like to do, introduce my soccer friends, and they're here. Uh, the stats department are represented very well tonight. Ryan Allen is here. Hello, how are you tonight, Evan? It is a It is a Monday that feels like a Tuesday, and I'm wearing an old PDL kit, so I'm doing great. Hmm. The other half of the stats department, the the western side of the stats department, Pony's here. Yeah, under 100 hours until we have USL play kicking off, and as I've said, I took off Friday for work just to make sure I don't get held up and miss kickoffs, so we're dedicated. dedication. We're dedicated. We are dedicated. I am also, in fact, off this Friday, but not because I wanted to be to miss the first kick. That's just how it worked out. Hashtag dedicated to the dedicated. Mm. Mm. And uh, he's been our soccer friend for a while, but um, you haven't really heard him here. He's the the host of the Curse Cast and United Weekly. He's a president, in fact. I, should I call you Mr. President? President of the uh, Curse Supporters Group. It's 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 David Carl. Hey there, guys. How's it going? I'm I'm well, sir. How are you? I am well. Couldn't be better. That's good. Any day above ground is a good one, David. Beats the alternative. It. I've heard. Well, I have. Well, you get me. Uh, guys. It's. It's. We're so close. We're so close. We're so close. I can't wait. 
It's happening. It is. Also, Alan Underwood is potentially here, but I'm not sure. He's been rather quiet. Hmm. 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 Alan's here. Alan's here. Maybe, Maybe not. Maybe. Alan. He's here in spirit. Here in spirit. Here in technical difficulty land, maybe. I don't know. Uh, we will cross that bridge when we get there. But guys, we're, we, are, we are in fact so close to the start of the 2020 USL season that not only 538, but also the USL themselves have put out a, a, a power ranking list. Mm-hmm. And they're both kind of weird. By weird, do you mean bad? Uh, 538, I mean bad. I, yeah, I at least yeah. trust Nick Murray, who made the, well, probably with some friends, who made the um, the USL one that they did to at least kind of know what they're talking about. But 538 does this for, like, every league, and every time they do it, I'm just like, really? Yeah, 538 is weird. Miami FC to win the Eastern Conference right off the bat is incredibly strange. Is it? Yeah, and just to give you an idea of, like, kind of the variance here, a little selfishly, Nick Murray has 10th for New Mexico United overall in the entire league, yes. east and west. 538 has New Mexico United 11th in the west. Yeah, there's yeah. some bad calls. That might be the worst call on the entire 538 things. That ain't good. What, ain't I, good. I, mean, what I do like is that everyone agrees that the Philadelphia Union 2 are just going to be glued to the floor of the table. I mean, if we're looking at 538, they've been incredibly off base for a lot of the teams. In fact, last season, there was a time that Real Monarchs and mm. their global soccer rankings was ranked above Real Salt Lake, which was incredibly <laughs> baffling to see. It'd be like ranking Barcelona B over FC Barcelona in any ranking. Mm. It's, mm-hmm. it's just like... I, I look at 538 as something that it's fun to look at and picture, but not something to be trusted. I think it's a concept that would be so cool if they did it right, you know? Because they go across leagues and across levels and across yeah. nations, it would be cool if they did it right to say, okay, this is how you know a top team, a Phoenix Rising, for example, in the USL Championship, would, would fare in you know Bundesliga 2 or something like that. You mm. know, it's, it, that would be interesting if they did it right, but they clearly don't. I think my concern with 538 rankings is that they're very good within leagues themselves. Like, they can predict Premier League and predict Bundesliga if they're within that own specific league. But when they start comparing teams that are outside of their leagues, it doesn't match up as well. Because currently right now, they have Manchester City or Liverpool winning uh, Champions League. And it's still, in my opinion, a wide open race. Hey, they're also really good at predicting political elections. Yeah. They are good at that. I'll, I'll give them credit for that. But it is really uh, weird that it's USL the USL championship people. is not their best forte. Well, I was being sarcastic because they got it terribly wrong last time. Yeah, they really did. True, they got it wrong, but they're, <laughs> I think they're at least right on how that alternative ends up. I think I think they did have like a fifty percent chance of electoral college ends the way it does. Mm. I mean, if we're gonna get back into politics, podcast time. Let's go. Or, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe not. If we're going to get back into a USL-focused one, I might as well just share the top ten. So we have from the USL 
uh, power rankings that was shared by Nicholas Murray. We have Phoenix Rising as number one, and Louisville City is number two, Indy 11 is three, Orange County SC is number four, Tampa Bay Rowdies is number five, Sacramento Republic is number six, Reno 1868 FC is number seven, Defending Champions Real Monarchs SLC is number eight, Newcomers uh, V Miami FC is number nine, and New Mexico United as number ten. Yeah. I I mean, it's not bad, but mm. it's not perfect. Pittsburgh at 11 is weird. Especially, like, I don't think Reno are going to do that well. No, I don't buy I agree. Reno that well. I agree with their top two teams of Phoenix and yeah, Louisville. Yeah. I mean, those also, are, we've reached that. I think that's across the board. Everybody pretty much agrees yeah. with that. Unless we've you're 538. We've reached that point that Phoenix and Louisville are the Liverpool and Manchester City of USO, that they're going to be that guaranteed team that everyone picks to finish towards the top of the table. Yeah, but at least Are you saying that likeable. Louisville violated FFP? I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying that everyone is going to pick Phoenix and Louisville to finish at towards the top of the table every single year, deserved or not. David, you just ran into the wall that is called Ryan's dedication to logic and reason. <laughs> <laughs> Here I go trying to make funny quips. It was a good one. No, I learned. It was a good one. Thank you. Thank mm-hmm, you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I do agree with you that Reno may not be as good as a top 10 team, and Phoenix deserves to be in the top 10. I... My thing is that I just have way more confidence in knowing what Pittsburgh are than trying to Hashtag figure out ball. what Miami FC are, or even like Reno. Not to, I hate putting like really crazy stock in preseason, but like Reno look bad. Oh yeah, if this if the game against San Diego is anything to go for, Reno is going to barely make playoffs. They looked horrible. But that was a question I wanted to bring up at some point sure. in the show. Let's do it now. Uh, it, was that match more San Diego being good or Reno being bad? Both. I think it's a bit of both as well. Yeah, I think this show. Yeah, I think I think it proves San yeah, Diego's I'll, better I'll than back. playing. I agree. But I mean, San Diego's in a guaranteed spot, in my opinion. Reno started bad a few years, too, though. It's not like they always come out the gate swinging. It was that they had, I remember I was listening to, I don't remember what pod it was the other day, but talking about Reno is the winningest team since they came into the league uh, overall. They're, they're never the best team in the league. They're never the best team in the West, but they're always two, three, four, something like that. I think this is the year where they drop off a bit. Mm. I think I had that, yeah. I. Yeah, I have the top the top teams in regular season play since whenever the team came into the league is Louisville, Reno, Sacramento, Red Bulls 2, and Phoenix. For the five best regular season If you're season looking teams. at their exact finishing if you're looking at their exact finishing of place in 2017, Reno finished third in the Western Conference. In 2018, they finished fifth. In 2019, they finished second. There you go. I think this is their worst year. So that's... Yeah, this probably would be their worst year. Alan, are you there, and were you talking earlier? I was trying to. Yeah, there we go. Do it. Do it now. Um, I just think that there was a lot of turnover in Reno, um, and maybe some of it is just trying to find those pieces that fit together. I know they have some key guys they kept, but they lost lost a lot um, on the back end. Or on the on the middle middle of the field, uh, they lost you know Mendiola 
And I think it's just maybe them trying to figure out how to play together. And there's also kind of dependent on some of the guys they get from San Jose. Uh, the goalkeeper looked a little bit weak um, last weekend. Um, I think maybe a, a slightly higher performing goalkeeper uh, either makes a better play on the Avila goal or on the uh, Adams free kick. Um, but I, I think Reno f- figures it out. They've been too good for too long to to fall too far. Um, but they That's did cool. not look like a typical Reno side. So, Alan, you were at that match the other day, right? Uh, we were doing a watch party. Uh, it was streamed, so we were uh, at Stone Brewing watching the game being broadcast from Reno. So are you kind of in agreement that it was a bit of both of Reno being down and San Diego being better than we expected? Uh, for sure. Um, based on the last, uh, I was at the last preseason match in San Diego and they look, they look fine. They looked a little bit, um, not put together at the front end, uh, but pretty solid on the back. Um, so maybe a little bit San Diego overperforming, maybe getting a couple of bangers where, you know, the, the defense didn't really step when they should have, and that could be easily cleaned up. And then Reno just did not, they looked a, a little bit off from the typical Reno teams that you're used to seeing. Um, I, I had a, like a 2-2 draw going in. I thought both teams would score. Um, so it wasn't a surprise that San Diego let in some goals because I think it's going to happen. Uh, but definitely on the offensive side, it looked like San Diego surprised them a little bit and it took them a little while to catch up. Because if you watch the second half, Reno's much better in the second half. Um, weird way to introduce yourself, but in case anyone's like, why is this Alan guy talking a lot about San Diego? That's Alan Underwood, a uh, longtime friend of the show, one, and then he's part of the Fairweather podcast as well as the Orange and Black soccer cast, so anything in, in Southern California really is kind of uh, your domain there, my friend. Yeah, I got sucked in, and then I didn't think they'd have a team in San Diego for a while, and we got one, so I'm all on board, so we're doing Thank double duty Landon for Landon Donovan. Right? Landon Donovan and Warren Smith. Yeah, the... so anything Southern California soccer? So we're going to spend the next half hour talking LA too, right? Yes, of course. California, na- California United Strikers. <laughs> I would be surprised if anybody outside of like staff of LA Galaxy and even them could talk about LA Galaxy 2 for half an hour. Yeah. No, I hey, can't. They produced Gordon Wild and nothing else. Bane? Oh, he's not playing anymore. Which is wild. He's completely done or just done over here? Completely. Wow. Okay, yeah. that's new. I didn't have to pay attention to that. That was definitely a thing. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I thought that was definitely a thing that I saw a, a, a minute ago. Didn't Frank Lopez... Literally Lo- a minute ago. Like a- didn't Frank Lopez come out of Galaxy as well? Before he went to San, San Antonio? I think so. All right, can we stop blowing holes else. in my theory that LA Galaxy 2 is useless? <laughs> no. Hey, they're a good feeder team, okay? We need to, someone needs to make the MLS 2 t- teams look good, and I will have you know at the USL front office, they didn't. Paid me a lot of money. They didn't. <laughs> to make the USL, the MLS 2 teams look good, they didn't. Mm. And we so now we're doing it. We're not. I'm trying to think. There was a 2015 LA Galaxy 2 player that really... He broke margins, and he had 15 goals in the season, but I'm blinking my memory right now. None of us are going to be able to help you. Yeah, I have, I have no idea. Bane? So, 
Yeah, it might 2015, be he played against Rochester Rhinos. He scored about 15 goals in the season and then went half the year in uh, Coventry City. Yeah, Jack yeah, That's McBean. Yeah. McBean. Okay, I was curious. I, yeah. I was thinking about him in my head. Yeah. Okay, now that I'm talking about 2015 LA Galaxy 2 players. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that's our, uh, ooh, that's a really good Remember Some Guys segment. If anyone can name anybody else on that team, don't cheat. I don't know how I'm going to enforce that. Please tweet at us at the USL show. One Great. Villarreal's. Okay. All right. I'm just guessing. Uh, Alan, is there anything on the 538 rankings that you're like, that's stupid and they should feel bad? Um, I kind of feel that way about 538. That's fair rankings in general so um i looked at them good giggled good. and moved on and that's all they're good for yep mm. yeah just shrug and move on they're not worth uh spending a lot more time on we say after spending about 15 minutes on it san diego's too low mm. yeah new mexico and san diego po- are low yeah. new york is low both the teams make the playoffs for some reason austin's pretty high Yes. I don't think Austin's a playoff team. <gasps> mm, probably not. New Mexico and San Diego make the playoffs. Yep. I hope Birmingham does a Birmingham again. That was fun. I mean, New like York. Negative 10 goal difference. I was say. Yeah. <laughs> New York Red Bulls makes the playoffs. I don't yeah. see a future where the Red or Baby Bulls don't make the playoffs. You lose Amanda Moreno and it all goes to hell. Mm. Mm. True, but the Baby Bulls Academy is incredibly deep. I'm glad Florian Below is healthy. Well, we also said that about LA, too, for a long time. Yeah. I mean, if you compare it to LA, too, New York Red Bulls, too, has a trophy and has a star above their crest. LA Galaxy has a star in their crest? They have a star in their crest, but they don't have it where it counts. Mm. It's like Minnesota United. They have a star in their crest, but not where it counts. I love it so much. That's a great We press. forget LA2 came... LA2 was like a minute away from winning the championship that one year. 2015. No. Uh, <laughs> right. Can we talk about the Moving players on the roster, please? I'm moving on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm moving on. Veto. Uh, gentlemen, let's talk about players that are on rosters in the year 2020. Uh, USL put together a transfer tracker for us exclusively, maybe. Uh, with the note, though, right below where it says transfer tracker that this transfer tracker is not a complete list of all usl championship transfers so that's wild uh anyway two big ones that caught my attention well there's three but two that people are gonna know uh dylan mars transfer saga finally ends with him signing for of all people el paso locomotive he's not in indianapolis he's not in miami for the first time ever yeah Heads to the Western Conference. And then Dylan Cerna goes to Sporting Kansas City also from the Colorado Rapids proper. Yeah, Which, I, like, I, I... Go ahead. That's a dude. Like, that's a whole dude. Like, that's yeah. a name people know. No, he's a solid player. I mean, as an MLS guy for, what, like five, six, seven years, something like that, and a good one. Yeah, it was, like, a longer time than you'd imagine. Yeah, he's a hell of a player, and... I think he's gonna be he's gonna be uh, one of the better midfielders in the Eastern Conference. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, him and Christian Duke are gonna be tough. Yeah. yeah are they? Are they? Yeah. Maybe transit. That's a weird roster. Transitioning him into some sort of coaching 
helping young the young guys along kind of deal. I don't, but he's only like 24. Like, he's not old enough that that's the move. <laughs> like, I yeah, I think like, everybody was surprised by it. I, I mean, I certainly was. Yeah, he's 25. Him. Like, yeah, I saw that signing come across and thought, I mean, that changes, in, in some ways, changes much of the landscape of the Eastern Conference. There, there are a few players who can come into the league like that and kind of change it. I mean, there was a thought that, uh, was it Jimmy McLaughlin in Cincinnati? He, mm-hmm. We weren't sure he was going to make an MLS club. And then if that doesn't happen, you know, if he comes, any team he comes into, right. he's instantly changing that conference. Yeah. Uh, you know, players like that. I mean, again, like you said, he's 25 years old. He's got potentially several more years. And like he's mad now. Yeah, exactly. He didn't make a club. He feels like he's slighted and uh, going to come down to the USL. And frankly, I think he's got the, the, the potential to dominate. Oh, yeah. I think the concern with uh, Sterna is if uh, Sporting KC experiences like an injury crisis and he gets called mm-hmm. up to the parent club and that leaves Sporting KC 2, rest in peace, Swill Park Rangers, um, basically without him. Yeah, and that means a hell of a lot more to Swill Park Rangers, I'm going to call them that, uh, than it does to Sporting <laughs> KC. I mean, he's, as you said, he's a, he's a fringe MLS player, but he's one of the best players in the USL. Mm. Yep. Um, and then the other one that kind of caught my eye was Skylar Thomas. He I of mean, former Charleston Battery fame played for a year up in Canada for Valor and is now back in, in USL. He's with, one of the better uh, center backs in the league, in my opinion. With the Hounds. I mean, he's, yeah, he yeah, was great. He's going to fit really well into Lily Ball right there. I'm going to. He's going to be fun to watch. Well, they're not going to give him any goals. I don't know about fun to watch. I think oh that that's fun. That's fun. I mean, okay. I think I think I think one no I think one no wins are fun. Uh, mm. And uh, I mean, again, I think he's one of the better center backs in the league. Mm. I was I I didn't get a chance to Google him ahead of time. I've forgotten where he was last year, but he played for Valor. That's right. Uh, but he was I always enjoyed him playing for for Charleston, and he was with Toronto yeah. for a while too. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I think again he instantly becomes one of the better center backs in the Eastern Conference. Did anybody else like anyone that moved places? Uh, I think Orange County has a lot of good moves. Yeah. I mean, the Rangers partnership—it's very good. Not not only that, I mean, just think of the USL talent they brought. They brought in Edibles and they brought in a, a Coley. They brought in someone whose name I'm spaced on right now, who is also really good. Alan, what's the what's the vibe out there with the Rangers partnership? Like, or I mean, obviously it's the first year, so everyone's feeling really good about it. But like, you know, there's actually kids there. I like that they're actually utilizing it. Yeah, it's not just for show. I I think it fits in with their philosophy. Yeah, they have a philosophy of signing young players and developing them, and then hopefully selling Um, them on. I mean, Orange County is taking advantage of the uh, Rangers partnership signing in three different players from Rangers. If you're looking at Kimmy Palmer, Denny Fanelson, and Matthew Shields, oh, from the uh, team who's currently second in the Scottish Premiership, but that's a really massive signing for Orange County right now. 
And then um, the other one that's a little scary is the Shroud Independence signed Guido Vidala, who played it. Uh, who sorry, who literally like has played at Boca like last month. Yeah. Like Boca Juniors, Boca. And I mean Enzo Martinez and Dane Kelly, Hugh Roberts, Kevin George. But like, just their attacking like prowess this year. Dane Kelly gonna, and Enzo Martinez are going to have field day. And then that dude, like, yeah. You get Joel Johnson back on defense. What was that, Pony? I was just saying that uh, you get Joel Johnson back on defense. Yeah. I think uh, if we're looking at the 538 rankings, call me crazy, but I think Charlotte might be a little low. They've got him at 8th. Uh, I think that's about right. I me. don't know. I think they're going to score a ton of goals. I think they're going to score a ton. Yeah, but Charlotte's always find a way to Charlotte it up. <laughs> I think they're... Uh, they're I don't know. Like, they didn't team. hire a random Irish guy as their coach. <laughs> you know. If we're, comparing, uh, if we're comparing the Charlotte Independents to their uh, USL power rankings, they're currently 20th which is sandwiched in between FC Tulsa and Charleston Battery. Charleston, who were a playoff team last year. And frankly, I think Tulsa are ranked a little low as well. I yeah, Tulsa's it. another one of the teams that's made a lot of good signings. I mean, Tulsa? I mean, quietly, they picked up uh, Bird, Costa, DaCosta's back. Malata. Yeah, they're, they're going to be good. I, I'm, I'm all about Tulsa. I'm on the Tulsa bandwagon this year. I mean, the rebrand's great, don't get me wrong. <laughs> But I like what they're doing on the field. I like what they're doing in the front office. I think Tulsa is a fringe playoff team this year. Yeah, yeah. I'm not that uh, because of how bad they were last year. He kind of got, especially on defense. I don't. I'm not going to say a team who allowed over who allowed like 70 goals is suddenly going to be a playoff team in one year without actually seeing them play good defense. But there's potential to at least be near that playoff bubble. Yeah, I think they're I think they're right around 10, 11, somewhere in there. I mean, 10, 10 teams in the playoffs, anybody can make it, right? Yeah, I mean, you bring back uh, Tabena uh, Uze on forward, and then you have Bradley uh, Bourgeois from defense from Nashville. I think Nashville will be an interesting team to look at on the bubble this year. And Rodrigo DaCosta played there before, and he mm-hmm. had literally no help. He had no help. It was just DaCosta. He was the only one there who was really scoring goals, doing anything, and now he's finally got help. And Again, I, I'm on the Tulsa bandwagon. I think they can compete for a spot this year. Yeah, DaCosta was criminally underrated last year. I mean, he was probably on a MVP list. He would have been top 10 for me in the entire league. Mm-hmm. I mean, the first three years that we had uh, the formerly known Tulsa Roughnecks in the league, that they were 7th uh, in the Western Conference, then 15th in the West, then 7th in the West, so they alternated uh, just kind of around that playoff bubble, although 2015 they barely missed it by a point, in, I believe, and then they've missed it. I feel like they're on their way back in. I agree. I think they're, like I said, I think right now if, if I was putting my rankings together, I'd probably have them at 11 or 10. I'd say 10th would be pretty generous, would be rather generous to them. I mean, it's it's. I guess it's it's cool to see they had a new ownership group come in halfway through last year, and to kind of see them finally put some some funding, obviously behind the the roster. But again, just try mm. and change things. Obviously, uh, a 
a rebrand can go a long way towards that, but it seems like they care much more than the previous ownership group, and they're, again, I think they're moving in the right direction with, with a lot of things. I think what's going to be truly interesting with FC Tulsa is what we see them doing next year. Yep, I agree with that. And I, yeah, I'd be willing I to bet. Could, Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was saying this. I could see them being like somewhere from the ninth to twelfth this year, and then moving up to around sixth next year, just and I, building I, on some momentum. I would bet, and I my guess would be that their goal is probably they're probably shooting for next year, right? I mean, it's it's a it's a rebuild. You don't do it in uh, one year, like you said. Yeah, they brought in a lot of people for to be a complete rebuild. I think a rebuild is going to sign people for the long run, and I think some of their signings are short term push. I think their I think their goal is play in game. But you got to think like last year, there was hardly anybody at those matches. I went to the New Mexico game at Tulsa, and the people who were there were great, but they were small in number. So you've got to bring get some big signings to get people in the gates. You got to get yeah. people there, and the rebrand does that too. I think I mean, it's more we, of when a you... rebuild for the actual like fan base more than anything. You got to get people interested again. Yeah. Yeah, I mean when you have. I think we saw it from last year, but the new Tulsa ownership is incredibly wealthy right now that it doesn't matter how long it takes to rebuild, that they will rebuild this team into a better version of what we've seen in the past. But they're working towards the future this year will kind of be that quote-unquote transition season, and then they'll move into the team that we kind of expect uh, Tulsa to be. Yeah, and then if they happen to make the play-in game this year, make the playoffs, I think that's that's gravy. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, the season starts Friday. Woo! Yeah, excited. Uh, for those of us, well, we all have teams, I guess, in our markets, except for me. That's fair. Uh, <laughs> I imagine. I will say. David, you will be watching New Mexico. I will as be in Austin. To do. I'll be in Austin for that match. Even better. I, I was going to say maybe you'd Fantastic. be there, and then I saw it was an away game, and I was like, eh. Um, I'm going to 13 Pony, I imagine you'll year. be watching Sacramento. So I'll be watching every single game I physically can. That's fair. That's very fair. I imagine you'll be watching 18 different games, so there's that. Um, I'm about to do more uh, less, dual screens for... I'm about to do dual scorings for Orange County, El Paso, and Tacoma Defiance, Reno 1868. And I will mention, this is the, I think, believe, third consecutive year that Tacoma or Seattle Sounders 2, as they've been known for a little bit, that they've opened the season on opening day on a Friday night for the USL Championship. You gotta start to set that bar low, okay? That is, that's the kind of stats you come to the USL show for, I love it. How much do you love this league? Let's find out. Here's a terrible team. <laughs> um, I, I will. I will be fair. More people are going to ESPN Plus does not publish their ratings, but more people will watch Orange County SC against USL Western Conference runner-ups El Paso than they will Tacoma and Reno. But those are still two relatively decent games on Friday night of this week. It's like, oh, you want to watch Louisville City play North Carolina FC or Red Bull play Tampa Bay or uh, St. Louis play the Miami FC or San Antonio play Real? Or, I was about or to call you out for your East Coast bias, but you saved I'm sorry. it right there at the well, end. I was, I, I, I was looking at it as the way it's written on the, <laughs> on the schedule on the page, so I was going with the early slots, which were all Eastern teams. Or do you want to watch Sacramento and FC Tulsa at 1030? No. No, no, no. You have to get through Seattle Sounders 2 and Reno. <laughs> 
I mean, to be fair to North Carolina FC, they played Louisville City in the first match of the season last yeah. year, and they beat Different them 4-1. to one. And so that could be very well of a trap game for Louisville City this year. I don't think it'll be as brutal of a game that no. they had last year, but it's still a risky result for Louisville. Uh, all that to say, guys, you get one match to pick that's not the team that you support and or watch frequently. Pony, I know that. It's like every team for you, but <laughs> like I'm, I'm out of teams. I mean, even for me, I don't have a team as That's well. Fair. So, uh, Ryan, who are you watching this weekend besides every? If you had to pick, okay, all right, I have to, oh, I have to rephrase. You can this only watch again. one game this week. Yeah, you pick a game that like neutral fans, if those exist for this, are going to watch. That's really difficult for me, but I think I have a few games that I think no, no, no. will be interesting. Nope, you get one. One. One? One, damn it. All right, I think... Okay, one, goddammit. I will go with uh, New York Red Bulls 2 against Tampa Bay Rowdies. Pony, same question. Orange County, El Paso. Weird. All right, David? Uh, Sacramento Real Monarchs. They don't play this week. Yeah, I wish that was the matchup, but it's not. Oh, is that next week? No, yeah, San Antonio and Real Monarchs oh, is this week. No. Sacramento is playing FC Tulsa. Well, I still want to watch it. They had a friendly on Saturday, so. Now I got to find it just to spite you. <sighs> I just, oh, man, I had a whole thing. I had a whole it's reason. Not, it, is, <laughs> it is not for a while. It is not in the month of March, my friend. I mean, well, I'll did, tell you what. No, they did play. They played last Saturday. That's it. Hey, not I mean, but when that match rolls around, whenever it is, I'll be tuning in. <laughs> Great. I mean, I. Uh, like four other like really good nominees for like just match to tune into this week would be St. Louis FC and the Miami FC for Miami FC's debut. You have Austin Bold and New Mexico United, San Antonio against defending champions Real Monarchs, and then newcomer San Diego Loyal against Las Vegas Lights. And one of their right, cool. seventeen Ryan jerseys. Took... I think that St. Louis Ryan matchup. All my picks. The St. Louis matchup is interesting because it's St. Louis at home. So I think it gives them a little bit of a boost uh, to see kind of where those teams actually are right now. I think because uh, I think St. Louis knocked off Nashville kind of early, so who knows how St. Louis comes out against the Miami whatever's FC, and I, 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 that's the one I'm going to probably they tune into um, in the parking Guess lot what? getting ready for Miami's San Diego. Miami's overrated. Miami's overrated. Oh, shots fired. And I picked St. Louis in that matchup. <laughs> I think one of the concerns I have for Miami FC is moving from Nisa, where they destroyed Philadelphia Fury, literally eight nil in a match, but and like, yeah, literally because they killed the team. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I do think I Miami do. FC is a bit overrated, and yep. that like yes, they have a rich owner, but it takes time to adjust to a brand new league. We even saw that from the NASL side so that. Hey, uh, for instance, taking the Eastern Conference for Indy 11 mm-hmm. and Tampa Bay, neither one won the Eastern Conference in that time. Yeah. I will say, though, there's there's something to be said. You know, everybody says, you know, they're they're coming to a new league and, you know, it, it takes time to adjust to a new league. To be fair, over half their roster is from the same team they had last year. It's not like they need to jail quite as much as a, a new team would. Yeah. Uh, I still think they're yeah. overrated. I don't think they're the best team That's in the fair. East. I, I I'm not sure they're a top four team in the East. But Ooh, I, uh, I think uh, I think that they're gonna gel a little bit better than people might expect. Yes, I think they're true. And favorite. to give, 
I think True, to give them a little bit more credit, they get uh, Sebastian Valaquez from uh, Western Conference runner-ups, uh, Western uh, El Paso United, or El Paso Locomotive. Yeah, and, and Velasquez is, is a real good player. I mean, he's one of the best players on El Paso last year. Really wanted to sign in Colombia this year. Had the opportunity to go back to El Paso, but kind of turned it down so he could play in Colombia. Ultimately didn't get that contract offer for Colombia and then went to Miami. And you bring in uh, Brian Silvestre as a, a goalkeeper from Ford Madison to uh, Ford or to Miami FC. Like I said, they're um, a good team. They're a playoff team. I don't think they're a top four team in these. They'll be about five or six. Yeah, I think so too. I think they're going to be better than that. I mean, you're bringing back a lot of players and then brought in like another four or five really, really good people who anyone in the US will be happy to have signed. I think they're comfortably a playoff team. I think they're between four and the plans. I think if we're, I mean, Ryan pointed out the New York, uh, Tampa Bay Rowdies. I think that's the one you would point to for, um, if I was talking to some people, San Diego, hey, you've never seen USL before. Um, you might not be able to catch the Friday night games, but if you have a nice Saturday after Saturday, just afternoon match uh, before you head to the stadium, <laughs> just to get an idea of what kind of what's out there, I would definitely point him to that Red Bulls. Uh, Rowdy's match as kind of a this is some two really solid USL teams um, if you don't know anything about the league this is definitely one you want to check out because it gives you a, a pretty good idea of uh, both the youth the use of youth but also you know two quality teams to mm-hmm. check out and kind of say this is what the level of play is going to be uh, going forward um, I mean Red Bulls 2 was the first MLS 2 side to win a USL championship hmm? Yeah. Uh, my pick was Sacramento and Tulsa. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> yep, it is. Yep, it is. Um, I, You know, Sacramento... If we're going for, hey, neutral, you should watch this. I think Sacramento's a great example, obviously is a great example, of a consistently good to very good to great USL stalwart, which there are not many left of. Rest mm-hmm. in peace, Rochester Rhinos. Um, and then FC Tulsa is an interesting one because they, like we said, like they have a lot of really good players. They rebranded, and as much as people were upset about losing a legacy name, I think they did a really great job. And I really like that their logo isn't, uh, you know, one of those weird someone made this in clip art kind of things. Um, but it'll be kind of interesting to see if they can if they can gel because I think if that team really clicks, which they probably won't until like May. But if I'm wrong and they've figured something out in preseason that a lot of teams before them and a lot of teams after them at a lot of levels of soccer haven't, um, and they come out on all cylinders and they look really good and, and they talk to each other a lot during a match, then they might get a win there or a draw. Yeah. Um, and I think it'll be really fun watching Bradley Bourgeois play, which I've said I said this last week. Bradley Bourgeois in the West is going to be stupid. I so uh, agree with that. I completely. And then I will say, I think Tulsa got a little bit lucky because there won't be a team like Nashville just looking to unload a lot of players again for for a little bit. Yeah, I think I think Bourgeois is going to be fantastic in the Western Conference. I think DaCosta, like I said, is going to be mm-hmm. probably their best player. Um, I'm I'm excited to see what they can bring this year. I really am. Again, as as a neutral, as somebody who is. I don't hate Tulsa. I don't love Tulsa. I, I just, sure. I, I'm excited to see what they do this year. I'm excited to have Tulsa just kind of be relevant back in mm. the Western Conference again. 
But what I am curious about for the Western or for just the league in general is eventually we are going to see a lot of like MLS two quality players may not end up with their MLS two size directly, and they may get directly loaned into USL. So I'm curious which cl- players we will see end up in USL who will come around April or May. Michael Chang. Yeah. Very well. So yeah, we could definitely see. Mikhail Chang end up in USL, not necessarily with Real Monarchs, if Real Salt Lake chooses to loan him out elsewhere. Yeah. I mean, that's, Monarchs are such an interesting team this year, I think. You know, mm-hmm. Michael Chang goes to the MLS. Douglas Martinez goes to the MLS. Kalen Ryden go, goes to New Mexico. And then yeah. they get all these guys from League One. Uh, they had Arturo Rodriguez, who was the MVP last year. They had Joe Gallardo, who is really good for Richmond. They had Chris Bermudez, who is really good for Greenville. Um, they're a completely different team, and it's such an interesting rebuild the year after a championship. Yeah, I think they're going to be in that same spot they were last year. It's like fifth to eighth seed and has a lot of upside at any given week. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I got them in the same area. I mean, it's a tall order for Real Monarchs, considering that Louisville City is the only team in the modern-day USL era since 2011 to repeat as USL champions. So... Uh, Real Monarchs really has a tall order against them to try and repeat at that mark. And I think the Western Conference is more balanced this year, frankly. You know, in, mm. in past years, it's been Phoenix or it's been OC and then everybody else for the most part. You know, Reno is always in there, as we said, you know, two, three, four, something like that. But I see a lot of parity this year. I think Phoenix is the best team in the Western Conference. But, you know, shortly after that, you've got a, a bunch. It's just a real bunch, I think, from 2 to 12, frankly. Um, and it could go any number of ways. And, and we saw that kind of in the first half of the season for the Western Conference last year, but it really kind of thinned out as we moved through the second half of the year. Um, I think this year the Western Conference is, again, much more balanced, and I think there's been a, a bit of a bias from, I don't know where you, where the, the source would be, but I think it's all, the thought's always been that the Eastern Conference is, is the better conference, but I think it's more balanced across the league this year. Yeah, if you look back to the Western Conference, standing back from last season to now, you have uh, just the winners of the conference. You have Phoenix, Orange County hit one at twice, Real Monarchs, and Sacramento. I think the West won't be quite that balanced. I mean, at very least, I think Phoenix and Orange County just completely run away with it. Because there's a lot of good teams, but there's no really great team except for those first two. You think I mean, Orange County's really, in that level? I like, yeah, I think... I say, I mean, might be a hot take, but I have no problem saying Orange County could be the third best team in the league, flat out. Hmm. Uh, I don't know that I have them as the second best team in the West. Could could be is weird because in theory, every team in the league could be the second best team in the league, depending. Except on for the, Philadelphia yeah. Union. What? Hey, hey. <laughs> okay, sorry. Every team but one <laughs> can be the second best team in the league. Um, yeah, I, Here's where I, don't I know. toss up my Brock signs. Wilmington Hammerheads to win USL 2020 USL Championship. <laughs> okay. Better chance in Philadelphia, too. <laughs> I mean, with, I think with Orange County. They're properly off the rails, and I enjoy it. With, fine. with Orange County. I mean, for at least to me, Orange. Yeah, for me, Orange County, they were, I think, the fifth seed last year. They were six points out of second. They brought back almost their entire team and signed three elite players. 
And how strong I, they, did they come they on in the second half? I mean, they, they started off slowly. They were drawing all those matches early on. Mm. And then the second half of the season, they were they were a house on fire. I think there was like eight, eight game finish, win streak. I think it was like an eight game win streak. Yeah, I think yeah. if Orange County finishes outside of the top three in the West, that's a major disappointment in my book. I've got them as the three right now. I, I, Looking at Orange County from last season, they finished as the five seed in the Western Conference. They eventually lost to Real Monarchs, who in the quarterfinals, who won the league last year. They their final eleven games of the regular season, they lost two and won every other game. Yeah, yeah they were. They they people out. are sleeping on Orange County. I think the. In fact, in including those eleven other games, they only conceded four goals. Yeah, the defense really solidified right, the right. second half of the year. They brought Michael Orozco in, and that Sorry, definitely goals, solidified the goals, back line, especially, and also f- signing Frederick Dew. Uh, their their issue was they just didn't score enough goals to compete with the top of the West. I mean, you look at outside of Fresno, RAP, I mean, there were 54 goals last year. You know, Phoenix is 89, Reno 72, Real Monarch 71. Their issue was scoring goals. They lost Michael Seaton, which was a big loss. But you sign two guys that could easily put in, you know, ten to twelve, which is all Michael Seaton had last year. So I think they really addressed some of the offensive yeah. issues. Um, signed some guys who can put it in the back of the net, and I think that was the biggest issue with them last year was they, you know, if they weren't winning one nil, two nil, you know, they're having a tough time not drawing uh, and and not getting wins. Um, but they were a, when they when they were hot, they were a good team to watch. Um, and a fun team to watch, and I think they rediscovered that. Plus 11 was their uh, goal differential last year. It was 11, plus 11, 54 and 43. So I, yep, plus yeah. 11. In fact, they scored as many goals as they had points. Exactly. All right, Pony, I, Pony, I bet you one adult beverage that OC will finish below second in the West this year. Jeez, you're only going second? I thought you said below you're, second. Well, you have them third, right? I have them third. That's gonna be that's a that's a rough one, but okay. Yeah. Well, Pony can't say no to bets, so there it is. Bang! I called it. Yeah. I was, I was <laughs> um, like, well, okay, at least give me third, but like, no, he has one third, so I can't really do that. Yeah. Uh, all, all right. I mean, I guess and, that's that's two for two on on bets <laughs> happening on podcasts that I'm on this week. So that that's gonna <laughs> that's good. That's good. It's full swing. Uh, guys, anyone with any final thoughts? We're gonna get out of here. Uh, Ryan, uh, I'm going to be going to the oh, uh, the the Greenville the U.S. Open Cup match. Uh, New Mexico United against Greenville. Am I going to see you there? What? Oh, you're in the other Greenville. I live, oh, I just saw Greenville. I live. Dang it. Yep, I live in Greenville, North Carolina. There is a Greenville, South Carolina. I thought you were in Greenville, well. in fact, South Carolina. Fact, Greenville is the most common state name in this country. He having a uh, Greenville in 38 different states in this country, with Springfield, home of the Simpsons. As the second most common state name in this country, wow. so unfortunately, you know, I, I will not be in uh, Greenville, South Carolina. Yeah, Ryan's Sorry. not in that Greenville; he's in the other Greenville. Okay. Shout out to uh, yes, that Greenville podcast run by my good friend Chris Ashley. Bye, Chris. Cheers. Uh, Pony, Ryan, Alan, thoughts? I'm tapped out. Great. Hearing none. Yeah, just looking uh, forward to it. We're I... getting, we're getting there. Excited. We are getting there. Uh, yeah. So until next time, um, follow us at the USL Show. Do that. Do that for sure. Tweet at us. 
I, we're gonna try to do something before the matches start on Friday, right? We don't know what that looks like yet. Uh, and then um, our good friend Brian Cook over at No Means Soccer is working on something that would be um, really cool if we get off the ground. So, um, yeah. We'll talk to you guys next week. Thank you.